Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzen, episode 373. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2018, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 373. I love it when something serendipitous happens. It usually comes from unexpected encounters, and today's episode reflects exactly that. While staying at Holly Chapel's Hope Flower Farm in Waterford, Virginia two weeks ago, I moved into one of the guest rooms in what is affectionately called the Tenant House. Two other guests were there too, fellow speakers at the third annual Flower Stock. And that experience introduced me to Steve Moore of Seattle-based Sinclair and More and Nancy Teasley of Oak and the Owl and Ella Rose Farm based in Fallbrook, California. Never one to miss an opportunity to bring new and inspiring voices to the Slow Flowers podcast. I asked these accomplished wedding and event designers and friends if they'd be willing to record an interview with me for this episode. As you'll hear, Steve and I have briefly met in the past, practically while racing in and out of our local flower hub in Seattle, the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market. And while I've known of Nancy, she and I had never met before. I was delighted to share lodging with these two generous souls. More than that, I was enchanted to sit in on their presentations during two days of Flower Sock. Their approach to naturalistic design and their willingness to share with attendees about their business practices was wonderful to observe. I'll include photos from Steve and Nancy's design presentations at Flowerstock in the show notes for today's episode 373 at com. You'll also see a few more photos, including of their flowers and designs that they have shared with me. Here's a bit more about Nancy Teasley. Nancy's background is in fine art and painting, interior design and business, all degrees she received while living in the Bay Area. While an undergrad, she worked at a flower shop in Oakland, California, where Nancy was immersed in events as well as day-to-day retail. And that is where her love of flowers originated. After working in flowers for more than seven years, Nancy left to pursue interior design. She practiced with several design firms around the Bay Area after receiving her degree in 2008, all while continuing to design flowers on the side. When she moved to Southern California and started working on events there, Nancy found a world where she could mix both of her backgrounds seamlessly. Her experience in interiors guides her event design, and along with florals, she blends her two mediums beautifully. Nancy is also the owner of Ella Rose Farm. She says she never expected or looked to become a flower farmer. She explains, quote, it was a sort of far off daydream I had if I made a million dollars or if I lived in some alternate reality, like making a million dollars, that I could fantasize of having fields of roses. I once spent a New Year's Eve way before Ella was ever thought of, looking through a rose catalog, envisioning what varieties I would choose to grow. I even think I Instagrammed that night so long ago. Well, with her parents, that dream somehow came true. Growing roses required a lot of time, money, and grueling physical and emotional work. Ella Rose Farm grows beautiful roses and sells them around the country. Nancy's designs are so much better because of them. And now she describes herself as part-time farmer and full-time designer. All that time in the field has made Nancy a better designer, a better business owner, and a better person, she says. There's no work quite like farming. Here's more about Steve Moore. Years ago, when Steve was 11 years old, he saw Steve Martin and Martin Short's Father of the Bride in the movie theater. He was mesmerized by the flowers, the cake, the swans, and the twinkle lights hanging from the tent ceiling. 
He fell in love with weddings that day and knew what he wanted to do with his life. So much of Steve's life prepared him for the passion that became his career. As a kid, Steve's mom taught him cake decorating and he assembled his first tiered cake at age 12. He began playing piano at weddings when he was 15. At 16, he taught himself how to sew and made a wedding dress for his sister. These skills developed through high school and by college, Steve was helping friends who were getting married. After graduation, Steve opened his business, originally calling it Stephen Moore Designs. He offered custom gowns and cakes in addition to full-service wedding coordination and event design. He taught himself floral design and added floral services so he could fully execute his vision for each client's ceremony. Several years later, Steve met and married Jamie Sinclair DeBell. She joined the company as primary logistics coordinator, freeing Steve to focus on the design and aesthetics of each wedding. Jamie's organization and administrative skills strengthened the company and took things to a whole new level. The business changed to Sinclair and more to reflect their partnership. It has taken more than 10 years to grow the business to where it is today. Sinclair and Moore has been named a top wedding vendor by Martha Stewart Weddings, Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, and Brides Magazine. These accolades are special, yet Steve says the most meaningful parts of the business are the people met along the way. Quote, we wouldn't be where we are today without the incredible people we have had the opportunity to work for, he says. Please enjoy this interview and remember to check out the show notes where you'll find photos of today's guests and their work and links to both of their social places. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers podcast with Deborah Prinzing. And I have two amazing guests today to introduce you to. We're at Flower Stock, hosted by Holly Chapel here in Virginia. And I'm so excited to introduce Steve Moore of Sinclair and Moore and Nancy Teasley of Oak and the Owl. And they're two of the presenters who've been teaching the students here at Flowerstock. And I cornered them and asked them to be on the podcast together. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. us. It's awesome. I mean, this is just really a great honor to to be able to teach with you and be in the same event with you for two days and sort of learn more about your stories. Likewise, yeah, it's really fun. Thanks. I've always heard about you, but I, you know. Didn't know much of this. Well, story. Steve and I have actually encountered each other a few times, but never really gotten to know each other. And I follow you, Nancy. So right. it just takes coming to Virginia and leaving the West Coast, <laughs> right? Jeez. So we had to come 3,000 miles to get to know each other. Um, so I want to ask you both to talk a little bit about, the snap. give us a snap, snapshot of your businesses and talk about your philosophies. And then we'll, we'll just go back and forth a little bit on some of the issues that have come up this weekend on... Being um, a solopreneur, an entrepreneur in this floral environment that we're in, um, Nancy, why don't you t- just tell us a little about Oak and the Owl and your your journey? I was so enjoyed hearing your story. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah what's the snapshot that's of what's going on with you? Um, Oak and the Owl. Uh, it's a full service floral design company. I do high end um, events in California. So mainly Southern California, Santa Barbara, down to San Diego, but I go up to the Bay Area quite a bit. And You've kind of worked up and down the whole state, probably. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I lived in the Bay Area for a long time, so I really love getting back up there and working. Um, so I do it every chance I have. And right now, are you focused... Uh, you're in the San Diego area, right? Yes. And is Oak and the Owl a, a studio-based... You're, 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 just, uh, you don't have a retail hours or anything like no, that? No, no, no. It's just a home studio. I've always worked from home. Um, I grew up with a mom that worked from home, and I really like having that with my son. Yeah, that's neat. And my family. Um, so I have entertained the idea of having, not a, I mean, a flower shop a long time ago, but an outside studio, but this is working now. So, um, And your main clients are wedding and event clients yeah they're pretty much just weddings sometimes I do corporate events I'd like to do more um mm-hmm. but it's really it's a wedding business mm-hmm. yeah um in talk in your in hearing your presentations the last couple of days it, I I was fascinated to learn the fact that you've um worked as an interior designer and you've have a fine arts background and you've woven that into your business so can you talk a little bit about that right so I um my bachelor's degree was uh, in fine art and painting, and at the same time as I was in school, I was working at a flower shop. And um, not that this is exactly answering your question, no, that's but okay. um, everybody that worked at the flower shop 
went just about went to the same art school. So I went to two colleges at the same time, CCAC and USF. And it was like a dual degree program in the Bay area. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, uh, it was the perfect job for a bunch of art kids, uh, because everything we were learning in the classroom, everything we were executing in whatever degree we were in, was totally translated to flowers. Um, it's just another medium, it right? It's just another medium. Yeah. And it, it speaks to my work all the time. I mean, I use all of those lessons and interior design being a design school versus fine art, um, is a, a different, uh, approach and perspective to visual things, but is it more like, um, the environmental design of a space. Well, no, it's more, um, like fine art is more about feeling and emotion and design is more about um, practicality mm-hmm. and uh, and the use, the way things are used mm-hmm. and then how they look. Um, and flor- floral kind of belongs in both totally. worlds. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's so, wonderful. And yeah. so now uh, through Oak and the Owl, you're doing events which do require that right. language as well. Right. That's cool. I'm just interested in the fact that clients are willing to hire somebody who can create a, a vision for them and not just their personals or so. I mean, that's really right. so how I, you shape your business, right? That is how I shape my business. And I have, um, I went over it in yesterday's presentation of, of how when I started, I wanted my name on all of it. It was important to me for people to hire me and know that, um, I could design the event from start to finish. And um, I have now relinquished that um, need to be known for that as much because now the planners know that when they come to me, I'm going to like hand in hand design the event with them. Mm -hmm. Um, My ego has let go of the need to be known for that Mm -hmm. because now I just, I get to do it. And I think everybody knows when they see an event that I'm on. Your signature is on that. Right. What is your style? What is your signature style that you would, you know, if you had to summarize it? An event design, like oh. event or florals. Oh, that's a good question. I guess they're maybe they're different. Well, I think my florals are really romantic, um, very feminine, uh, lush. They're not like sparse and architectural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that with the event design, like a, I, I like classic with kind of a mm-hmm. modern. Um, twist and then the flowers just soften it all up mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and do people hire you always for the whole package or sometimes just for the florals they only hire me for the florals oh okay and you influence the event design because yes. of your relationship with the planner yes. okay yeah and um i would love to talk also about your flower firm briefly mm-hmm. and then we'll jump to steve okay yeah yeah so i'd love that you're a basically a farmer florist you know? yeah yeah and i um so ella rose farm uh really started in 2014 um and i for about two and a half three years i really truly was a farmer florist it wasn't what i wanted um but it it's was two jobs it's right? two jobs and um i've talked to enough farmers flower farmers who've gotten into it and there's a consensus of um I'm going to try and not cuss, but oh my gosh, uh, I had no idea what I was getting myself right. into. It's not, um, well, we all know people who are, you know, maybe portraying themselves as uh, the romance of it, but the oh grit and, the, and yeah. the dirt and the long hours are all behind that, just right. like with floral design. Right. Yeah. Um, we compare it to, I compare it to a child. Like I, there are days when I would just like to leave it. And I can't. I have a th- over a thousand living bushes that, you know, need me and need uh, to be taken care of. And right. I can't just leave them. Right. And I don't want to. I think what I want to leave um, at some point is the retail aspect of it. Um, if I... <laughs> so Ella Rose Farm right now, you're growing for yourself, but you're also selling yes. to others. Is yes. that what you mean about the retail? Yes. Okay. And it's, it, that is a full-time job in and of itself. And, and yeah. I don't have to be out there cutting and processing and shipping anymore. Um, but I manage all the orders and I manage the designers and their either uh, happiness or disappointment. Like this week, we had thrips the last two weeks and um, we've had to cancel a bunch of stuff. And, mm. and it's really... Uh, stressful and yeah. keeps me up at night. And I, yeah, yeah. 
So your farm right now, you have um, acreage in Fallbrook, mm-hmm. which you said it, it was less than I would expect. It's it's tiny. Yeah, it's like half I mean, an acre. It. it was in the winter. It didn't look like anything, but it's really tiny. Yeah. Um, but about what percentage are you harvesting for your own weddings versus? So if I have um, a big important wedding, I'm first. Mm-hmm. Um, so sure. yeah, and then whatever we have left. Um, You'll put on your availability. Yeah. Or just, you know, orders are in already. And so I take what I want and then uh, whatever's left, everybody else gets. And you're only growing garden shrub roses, right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Well, I mean, we have clamors and whatnot. Hybrid teas and that sort of thing. Yeah, all those types. Mm -hmm. And you're um, selling them to other florists. Yes. Uh, basically florist to florist yes. and um you're you i mean the, just the cost and logistics of fedexing oh are, my god it's crazy just right fedex i mean i think that has shortened my lifespan dealing with <laughs> where shipments are and things not being delivered mm-hmm. and you know like potentially ruining florist jobs who i really respect and admire and you know stuff is stuck in memphis and yeah. their wedding is screwed up you know it's yeah it must make you very sympathetic as a buyer of other people's flowers now. Oh, You've walked in their shoes. Yeah, I, my wholesalers and I can like stand in the corner and commiserate over some very difficult designer that has made their day hell because they weren't able to get something. Um, like I, I know that now. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've always been really easygoing with my wholesalers because like I, low maintenance kind of low maintenance. Yeah. Like, and if something doesn't come in, I just find something else. Um, but yeah. the the difficult most of the people I work with are great and we'll get some designers that just don't understand the product or just uh expect the moon and it's vocally complain it's all about communication isn't it yeah yeah well I would like you to introduce this gentleman sitting next to you because I love the fact that you guys are friends and that you've had this wonderful you know a kind of professional affection for each other in your businesses and tell us about Steve Moore a little bit and then we'll let him talk (laughs) (laughs) tell me about myself (laughs) so my buddy Steve um Steve and I have uh gone through quite a lot of change since we've started to become friends on Instagram and watching him grow I mean so I I when I first got on Instagram, I don't know how we found each other, but I started to follow Steve. And I'm sure, like, everybody who follows him now is like, holy hell, how does he do all this stuff? And this was back when he was doing... I was still sewing. You were still sewing. You were doing these chalkboards. And I was like, these chalkboards are amazing. Like, giant displays. You remember that wedding ring? Oh, had? I yeah. like, ten chalkboards. Right. Like, the lettering? Yeah, yeah we would do the lettering yeah. on these things. And, like... After he did that, oh, dear, and he was done at midnight, he'd then make the cake, and then he'd finish up the bridal bouquet in the morning, and I mean, I just was blown away. Um, and this was like five years ago or so? Probably. That was and love six that, years I love that, that friendships are struck, through, struck up through social media, but right. obviously you're drawn to each other's visual story, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So we have did, a really similar you... sense of style, too, and our... Um, yeah, just, I think our love for design, but then also how we approach design is is similar. And, right. Yeah. So five years ago, Instagram was really young, right, Steve? And you were pretty new on it, or had well, you... I, tell us about yeah, how Sinclair and Moore got, yeah. got on, uh, found its, its voice on Instagram. So shortly after I got married, um, so I got married in 2011. Okay. And my, uh, my wife was taking photos with her iPhone... Um, and I would notice while we were laying in bed at night that she was filtering things and <laughs> making things look kind of like they were from the 70s. I was like, what are you doing? Uh, that looks like a vintage photo. Oh, like, right. All the filters. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So she's like, I'm making it. There's like some photo of the day contest on this thing called Instagram. I was like, what's Instagram? She's like, oh, it's this cool app and you can connect with people. It's kind of like Facebook, but <laughs> you just post photos and uh yeah so like so i was like oh and she's like you should probably do it because i I think some people um florists are on instagram or something yeah well they weren't really it was even before that yeah it was before that she's like i think just some people are like you know just posting stuff that they do and it's it's kind of like a a game is how Mm. she Mm -hmm. she described it 
<clears throat> and we were newly married, and it seemed like she was doing this this cool thing every day, um, like posting a photo a day um, that fit the theme that they told her of what to do for the day. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, I'll join in too. And it was kind of fun to like say the photo of the day was like um, something in your room, like our different perspective or find something orange, right? Um, whatever it might be. Um, so that's how it started. Wow. Um, and, uh, and then I would start posting. If you guys scroll way back in my feed, you'll see all this stuff. <laughs> that's what we were doing. Uh, last night, night we were, I scrolled way back in the feed to the very beginning. So I actually started in January of 2012. Wow. Um, and I remember like, like a lot of my photos, I'd get no likes or two people would like it. And, like, and yes. one would be Jamie. Yes. Right? One would be Jamie. <laughs> the other would be your mom. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so then I remember when I would get like 10 likes, I'd be like, oh wow, so many people liked my I photo. am, I have a rock. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until probably like a year later, probably a year later when I started seeing other people posting more of their work. Mm, um, not just other, their daily nonsense. Yes, yeah. other designers. And it was when Elizabeth Messina, she's a photographer. Yep. Um, she tagged me in something because we had worked together. Oh, yeah. um, and then I started getting, um, or I looked one day and I had like 60 people started following me, which had like tripled my following because I think I had like, <laughs> totally. like 20 followers at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then people would comment back on stuff that I made and, that's kind of how it started. And then my wife was like, oh yeah, people are using Instagram now for, for business. And I was like, that's not going to catch on. <laughs> um, and, uh, but then she's like, no, you should start posting more of your work. So a lot of it was like my wife's idea mm-hmm. and just her encouraging me. I had to, no idea. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. She's the brains. Steve, Steve, you are, um, what is your title? CEO of Sinclair and more? Um, CEO, creative director, Sinclair Moore. Yeah. Chief bucket Owner. washer. Yeah. Yes. Chief uh, floor sweeper. <laughs> do whatever did, I have to do. Did you have a different business name before you and Jamie got together? Because she, she was Sinclair, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. My wife's name is, her middle name is Sinclair. It's a okay. family name. Like her, her mother, her grandmother, great grandmother. It's a great name. Great, great, yeah. So it's, our daughter has that middle name. Um, so before Sinclair Moore, before I met her, um, it was Stephen Moore Designs. Okay. Um, my friend named it. I didn't, I had to, have a business name and I couldn't think of anything and I didn't want something like lace and bells and mm-hmm. birds and that's what a lot of people he didn't want, want the he didn't want the ampersand <laughs> oh, <Right. can> be, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, nothing beats name. having your own name yeah well no, it's, it's smart man I know it's really well, smart it's smart and dumb um, I can't really just sell I couldn't sell someday oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. see more designs like it's and also, when your name is in it, then people expect you to be at every little thing. Mm, um, versus a, a more a name that doesn't single out a person. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think you know when a, a business is named after a name, um, like Stephen Moore Designs. Like when I have like a staff helping me with stuff, like it's collectively uh, um, a right. group effort, you know. Right. But it's it's like that one name is getting. Right, right. So, right. Yeah, there's pros and cons. Yeah. Well, Sinclair and Moore, it it, like also represents who you are. It does. It does. Yeah. But I think it's grown from just representing two people to representing, um, it's a brand. A company. It's a company. It's a a level of elegance. It's, uh, um, I think we've tried to build it. So it's a name that has a reputation attached to it. A good reputation, hopefully. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, give me a snapshot of where you are now. I was shocked when you told the audience here at, at Flowerstock that this is your 16th year in the business. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I find that very encouraging because I know you've worked really hard to get where you are. This didn't happen overnight. No. But how would you describe the business today? Um, business today, um, it's... It's good. It's busy. It is uh, it's hard. <laughs> but is it um, like a full service no, wedding yeah, firm? Totally. So yeah. we are. <laughs> you don't have to spill. You have to spill your guts. <laughs> no. <laughs> so business, I want to throw in the towel. No, um, which is true. Uh, but no, business today we do full service planning. Um, so logistical planning, wedding planning. Um, wow. All of the all of everything from like how much power every vendor needs so we're not breaking circuits and we make sure we have enough power to where the bathrooms are going to go and what time everyone's arriving to when the bride is walking down the aisle to anything that happens at a wedding like we have chosen with our client we've orchestrated 
So we make it functional. Um, so that's half the business. And then the other half is we make it beautiful, and that's event design. Um, and part of our event design is also that we do all of the flowers in-house. Um, we only work with couples that hire us for all three of those services, the coordination, event design, and florals. Wow. Um, and so it's all or, all or nothing. It's a us. huge It's a huge spectrum of services, and often sometimes all people see is the, the, are the flowers. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate because, like, my – especially, you know, my wife is taking kind of a back – seat right now to the business just because she wants to be a mom. You have children, dream. yeah. Um, and, uh, but, you know, we post things and uh, on Instagram, visually, the flowers, the decor, the design, it's easy to, to showcase that. And people think like, oh, that's, that's where all the work in the wedding went, which it was a lot of work. But it's hard to really quantify in an image all the work that goes into making something logistically smooth. Yeah. Um, and all of the work that it takes to really plan a wedding. Like there was one day where I was at our studio working on flowers and my wife went to the venue um, where the farmer, the wedding was going to be to receive the, the you know, portable restrooms, right. the, the trailers. Um, and the guy was like, Oh, well, you need a hose. So she had to run around the farm looking for a hose. <laughs> and then she had to like crawl under this fence in the mud. It was pouring so down. So unglamorous. Rain. Yes. Uh. Like, that's not the thing that you can, you can Instagram. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm thinking about, in a way, it's like you're a producer of a Broadway show or something. Like, That's what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And that show happens one time and you not for a right. run. There's no do-over. There's no like, oh, the next show will be better. Right. Um, it, you have to you have to have a win every single oh. every single time. And it is a production with what we do. That They're not small weddings. Uh, like Nancy said, you know, you do high-end weddings. Like we really focus on doing big production style weddings. It's what we've, that's how we branded ourselves. Those are the kind of clients we tend to attract, but it's um, like the last wedding we just did, it was a two week install um, from start to finish. What? Actually two and a half week uh, by the time you include cleanup. Right. This wasn't the one in Italy. No, oh. no. This was the one, uh, um, there was like a massive tent where it was okay. a, a huge platform went up, um, a wood floor went down for the, and then a tent on top of that. Uh, but it took a week and five days just to get the tent up, and then three days for us to go in with the chandeliers, all the other lighting, wow. um, the tables, the, the linens, all the decor, all the installations. Um, it's hard. It's exhausting. It's mind-blowing. It's not easy. It's yeah. Not easy. Wow. And yet, uh, you both started with smaller budgets and smaller clients, and 100%, you're yeah. saying you're doing high-end weddings, but you built your business yes. is up to yeah. that, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... I always said I did high-end weddings. I think my definition of what a high-end wedding, like, it's changed a lot. Oh, so I, I see. So a $5,000 yeah. wedding used to be your high-end wedding. It was. Yeah. 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 I, I, I thought it was. High-end. And I, I'd say 16 years ago, what people were spending on flowers then and weddings then, it's, it has significantly increased. Right. Um, or, I don't the know. The industry has changed. Yes. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, <clears throat> Steve's high-end... At this point, I mean, it's like the highest high end. No. No, I mean, almost. No, I'm not Lisa Borsay or any of those people. <laughs> but I mean, your clients and your budgets and like the execution and what you're doing, like. She's really generous. No, I mean. I, I'm sorry. I don't even know who you're talking about, Steve. So I. Right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> not going to look her up. Right. You should. She's amazing. Lisa Borsay or someone like uh, Mindy Rice. Okay. you've heard of. Yeah. Um, they work in tandem. Or, okay. Uh, yeah. Like. Those are the people like I look up to, like, yeah. and I well, look at their work, and they're wow. It's but nice to have that aspirational uh, drive still. They've also been doing it fifteen years longer than I have, mm-hmm. you know? so um, they've built their careers in a way that I'm amazed at what they do right. in the production scale. Yeah, I mean, we can continue that no. conversation <laughs> later. <laughs> but I mean, no. his his high end, like I'm considering Steve's high end, like really friggin' high. Like mm-hmm. I, I maybe have, uh, one third or a little bit more of my weddings that would mimic the budgets that you have. So I'm not, I'm not at his level. So maybe I'm not using the word high end correctly. Um, maybe I'm, you know, high end is in the eye of the <laughs> It is. It's yeah. in the aesthetic, right? Yeah. Cause I would say, you know, when I started out, like my average wedding was $30,000, but I, 
always presented myself as I do high-end weddings because mm-hmm. I want my client, no matter what their budget is, I want them to feel high-end. Right. Right? I want them to feel that value and that, like, that no matter what they're spending, like, it's high-end. Because I think beyond just a dollar sign, it's like, it's almost like this level of importance to it. Absolutely. Yeah. It gives them a feeling like you are going to give them the very best and their budget they're the most bring. important person yeah. in the world. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I, we talked a little bit about Nancy's relationship as a flower farmer, and I feel like you're, you, you, the fact that you're growing flowers that you're designing with, you've elevated the interest and demand in garden roses that are domestically grown. And, mm-hmm. and similarly, well, I don't know exactly what your buying practices are, Steve. I see you come and go at the, I've, I've watched you come and go at the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market uh, for years. And I know that you really support growers in our area in Seattle. And so I'm just yeah. curious, like, do you feel like that has, your access to local product, locally grown or seasonal product has changed how you design or that, oh, or are you influencing what they're growing or is it a little bit of both? Um, I would like, to, I would, I don't want to get myself in trouble or upset anyone, but I, I think it goes both, yeah. both ways. Yeah. Um, I hope I it we, does. We influence each other. Um, I know for a fact there are some growers, um, some of them are at the market. Some of them are other the Northwest. Yeah. yeah they, they sell through other wholesalers. Um, like I'll ask them to grow specific things. Um, like there was once where, um, you know, Erin from Florette, she grew and figured out how to have Icelandic poppies in the middle of July for me for that, oh that huge wedding that mm-hmm. you and I, that first wedding we worked together. Nancy. Right. Um, so um, how early did you ask her to do that? Did you just say, Hey, this is what I would I love. In March. I just said, I can, need, can you do this? I need 10,000 stems of Icelandic poppies. And she cleared out a whole patch and she... She like, made it work. She mm-hmm. made it work. Yeah. We had to get some from California. Remember hand yes. opening? Yeah, the ones we from California. Opened. This is why I think like getting the ones local, the ones that were local were like huge. Huge and so beautiful. beautiful. I mean, they're amazing. Yeah. And then the ones from oh, California came in close and we were sitting there for hours, like oh, peeling yeah. back. Pulling the pot off. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then they never opened up. So they just like shriveled. Yeah. And then remember, like we didn't have enough. So then another local farmer brought oh in all gosh. this Godetia. Yes. That's what it was. And, and we like tucked those down. The oh. containers didn't, it was, oh. it was one of the most, it was pretty stressful. The containers <laughs> then were, they, they came in, they arrived at the day of the event because the original order had been destroyed on a, on a train. Um, coming out, the train had been derailed. Like every yeah, and then they so I didn't even have the container, so they didn't know the the full size, and they didn't have the right container to reship, so they shipped me things that were slightly wider mm-hmm. by an inch. So like then I should have had like twenty thousand yes poppies because there um, was so much room. So we ended up stuffing these containers with like tape and then godetia. Yeah, but first yeah. we tried it with frogs, and they all lifted. Nothing yeah. worked. Because there was like a film. Over there was a glass. film. So we had to clean them. Oh. <laughs> when you're talking about container, you mean like the vessel? The, the vessel. The, oh, there yes. Was like glass, yeah. long, kind of. And this is like shapes. the morning of this massive rehearsal, rehearsal dinner. dinner at Chihuly Garden. So beautiful. The rehearsal dinner was larger and more expensive than most people's weddings right. wow. that I do. Yeah, so that's a beautiful. There's a lot of there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, so in addition to working on this massive wedding that was the next day, we were just trying to like. Survive the You're like little there. little children pulling off the the yes. the, the casing was, on the pot. On no, the we were. I still think about that. I remember, and all of our fingertips were completely turning black. And yeah. Jamie came over to sit down and do it with us. And that was when Jamie was full blown planning. And you guys have all seen Jamie in her dresses at, at uh, when she's planning. She is perfect. And her fingertips started to turn black. And we're like, no, no. <laughs> you're not doing this. Somebody not, has to look presentable. Right. Yeah. You cannot show up at this like multi-million dollar wedding with like. Right. Florist hands. Right. Yeah. yeah. But Steve, yeah. even to this day, you're doing the buying for your, yes. your wedding. So All you're right. very much on the front line of mm-hmm. product sourcing, right? I don't know. I hand off, I've handed off a lot of my business to other people. That's one area. I don't know how to hand off um, because it's, it's what's in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I don't want someone to like overspend. If, it, if someone overspends, I want it to be like me. Right. right. Um, but right. also just like it, there's a, such a trick to knowing, okay, how much can I get locally versus what do I need to order from the flower farmers in California? 
versus things coming from the East Coast, um, like knowing where can I get the best of the best and mm-hmm. also having backup plans. You know, with, we try to support local as much as possible. Like, I've witnessed that. Like, we yeah. love our farmers um, and they do such a good job. But sometimes for the quantity of what we need, they can't guarantee um, that they'll be available or have right. what I need. And so like, um, as much as I'd love to be like, yes, everything's local, um, I have to. I have to have a backup plan. I think you're both alluding to the fact that this is sort of the the growing pains of the domestic floral yeah. farming, flower farming, is that y- your demand is larger than the, often larger than the supply. And I'm sure for you, even Nancy, with you growing your roses, you're still having to source other products. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not just growing, you're not just using roses in your right, exactly. designs. Yeah. Plus, everyone's a floral designer these days. There's like 10,000 floral designers in Seattle alone. Um, and so like when we're all going, <laughs> is that true? And there's a lot. Yes. I think every one of them has taken a workshop with you and now they're no, in the business, right? No, most of, most of the people that come to my workshops are not local. There's okay. only a handful of local people. Okay. They, the people fly in from all over, but it's, it's rare that a local person. Okay. Come. Okay. Um, I'm like uh, a few of my friends in the business who are like, I'm just training my competition, you know, mm, I'm training yeah, I mean, someone to turn around and, and underbid me on a, on a job. Might as well take their money. Yeah. You know, they're going to like learn. They're still going to do it one way or the other. So you might as well get yeah. something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, there's so many people that are like trying to buy flowers. So sometimes the farmer will bring, this just happened. Uh, uh, one of the farmers at the growers market had the most beautiful, like berries they had that they were light blue. Oh. Um, they weren't porcelain berries. I forget what they were. Hmm. Um, Oh, they were oh, the viburnum? Yes. Yeah. They were this the, beautiful... No, they weren't viburnum. Oh. They were magnolia. Oh. There was some weird thing. I was like, yeah. I, did, never, I didn't know that they had a... Clearly, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's one bucket of it, and I saw them while we were waiting, and as soon as I walked in, another farmer like greeted me and started talking to me, oh, and, and in that it. split second of the pleasantry, back and forth, oh. the bucket got snapped, the entire bucket got snatched up by another designer. And that's all that they had, you know, so. That's so funny you say that, Steve. I mean, not funny, but I, I know that level of anxiety, even me walking in, wanting to focus on if I have to get flowers for a photo shoot for an article or something. Yeah. But the socialization is like, you almost have to be antisocial to go right, in there and get your job done. Totally. Yeah. I'm like, even no one talks to me everybody. until I get my flowers and then I'll say hi. Yeah. yeah. But. You just have to like not make eye contact. It's like it's like a hundred x what you're dealing with versus mm-hmm. my little like tiny, you know, styling shoot. So yeah. I I feel for you. And some people just need to grab like a bundle here and a bundle there. I'm a bucket grabber. Or like oh no no, you you're a cart grabber. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it. I'll just like wipe out the whole right. section. But. Yeah. So um, you guys have collaborated quite a bit, and I, I feel like you both hire freelancers too. How are you building your team? So I, I mean, Nancy, you've come up here to work with Steve on weddings or mm-hmm. he's been down in California and you've worked on, and didn't you have a wedding in Santa Barbara or that nanny? I've Nancy? helped him with a couple in Southern California. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Are you bringing people in to work for you or do you have yes. a team? Um, I have freelancers. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the only employees I have are for the farm. Okay. Um, so I ha- just have my team of regular freelancers that I use every event that I know are strong and fast and, mm-hmm. um, understand the job like who are you hiring to help you so i uh a bunch of the florists in my area we all um we help each other and we share our freelancers and there's kind of a pool of people that we use Mm -hmm. um like i have friends of mine who own a business uh, in the same area and they do amazing work um and when they're not busy uh one of them one of the owners comes and does uh, weddings with me and I love it she's so fast it's like right. I know if she's coming I can like breathe because you're getting somebody else with that maybe that same level of experience yeah. as you yeah, yeah. so yeah. and Steve you have uh, an army working for you right now right well not always okay. a lot of them are freelancers okay I'm um, curious about that yeah I, I so I have um, you know with my wife taking a kind of a backseat role in the business um, so she can focus on her family um, we have uh, Erica, who's our lead planner, um, Cosby, who's our associate creative director, um, and then we have, I have a studio manager, um, Abby, she's amazing, um, and then I have Eric, who drives the trucks and like logistics manager, and 
like chandelier hanger builder <laughs> extraordinaire. Yeah. Like he's like my go-to right hand. That's awesome. Can't function without him. Yeah. And then I have he has an assistant um, that helps him, and then um, from there, basically, depending on how big the wedding is, we bring in other freelancers. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, I mean, the most I had up to thirty people working. Mm-hmm. for me on a weekend so you're scaling up and scaling down as well depending on the yeah. depending on the size but yeah. I think the important thing is like finding the people that have your back that like you can trust um, you know one of the huge weddings that like Nancy helped me with it was what two weeks after my first son was born mm-hmm. um, when I was in the hospital with my wife when she was in labor in between contractions I was texting Nancy um, saying that can you just take this off my plate can you like, I didn't finish my flower order. Yeah. Um, here's here's the color palette. Here's the details of how many tables, how many bridesmaids. Can you just get the flowers that you think will work with this Right. Wedding? And also, yeah, and that was great because it was the LA market and they were all my vendors. And so I just took it from him because I knew what he wanted. And, and it was a high-profile wedding. It was the bachelorette from ABC's. It was her wedding. Yeah. Um, so it was going to be in Us Weekly on the cover. Um, it was... Yeah, so it needed really to be good. Um, yeah. And you yeah. can't plan when babies come, so you got to have friends. No, the doctor said we had, like, another few days, so I was like, I'll just do the flower order in the morning. <laughs> and, Oopsie. like, at 11 o'clock, she was like, my water broke. And I'm like, no, I have a flower order. Like, <laughs> unbreak it. Take it back up. Unbreak so, it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah. And it was our first kid, too, so I was like, right. I don't know what's happening. Like, totally. Is my yeah. wife dying? And, like, <laughs> like, are we ready to be parents? Like, this can't be happening. Like... So oh my gosh. I was really stressed out. And then that, that was like, oh, so it was like the one thing too much. It was a lot of things too much. Right. But like, but but Nancy to... took that off my plate. She had already found like a place for us to work from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife got really sick right after we had oh, the baby. Do you remember this? Yeah, like, totally. and it was, it was like, I'm supposed to leave tomorrow, but my wife is like in the hospital. Right. Like, like this wedding is good for our career. Um, but what a torn decision. Yeah, like, what do I do? My wife was like, like, you sitting here is not going to help. I'm like, well, someone has to hold the baby. Um, so Nancy was like, I, I got this. So, like, I knew that, like, if my wife didn't have a quick recovery, I could. In fact, I think I delayed coming because mm-hmm. we had most of the flowers. Yeah. I delayed coming by a day. I didn't come until Friday right. before a Sunday wedding. Yeah. And uh, Nancy had... By the time I got there, you had everything processed. Mm-hmm. You had all of the flowers organized by color, exactly how you know I like them. Right. Um, so, like finding the people that you yeah. trust, and, and that like, I, if I had not been there at all, um, I could have even just flown in the day of. I think we talked about it. And flying install in it. Yeah. The day of the wedding to just like do final touches. Right. It would have been great. Uh, it would have been fine. Right. If I had not flown down there at all. Right. It would have been fine. Yeah. Um, so. But I you, think that's when you know you have a friend. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I, I know it's late and I've kept you both up and we're all, we've had long days. I just could talk to you for another hour, but we'll, we'll do follow up podcasts. How oh, does yeah. that sound? Awesome. I do want to kind of close with asking you both kind of what's, what's on the horizon for 2019 for you. Um, it's sort of the end of the season, although it's, you probably both still have lots on your plate between now and well, middle of October and the end of the year. What are you, what are you excited about? in the, on the horizon for your, your business for Oak and the Owl? Uh, my two final weddings this year should be good. They're really big ones. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm excited for those. And then, uh, you know, every year this time it's, you know, I wonder what next year is going to look like. I really hope it's like as good or better than this year, but being a business owner, you're kind of I think we all get a little nervous about what it's going to look like. And you have two businesses. Right. Um, Ella Rose, um, I am, I I tell myself I just need to get back in the mindset of not being as involved as I was before, but being more involved. I feel like I kind of took a year off, like I needed a break. So kind of the pendulum swung one way and then the other, and now you're going to find the medium. Right. And I didn't take a year off. I mean, it's, I text, I texted all day long about Rose orders. Wow. Um, So, I mean, it is every day a part of my life. Um, I just have not physically been there as much as I need to. But you're you're still the front Yes. page of that business yeah. people come to you yeah yeah so um i need to get a better balance with that and and mm-hmm. be more present and mm-hmm. you're not to... expanding though in terms of what no you're i'm not expanding and uh my dream would be for oak and the owl to um be able to pay for 
the field mm. so that we don't need to sell um, unless we just have excess product mm-hmm. and it's easy. Mm-hmm. And so it could just be for my business. For your, for your, that's really wonderful yeah. to offer your clients. I know. I mean, that's, I, I don't, a lot of people don't have that, you know, like most people don't yeah, have that. Yeah, and yeah. that's, Right. I have 20 hydrangea bushes in my head. <laughs> yeah, so Steve, what are you going to do uh, about growing your own garden? You're going to, you have a little bit of land. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, you said that the other day, and I just kept whispering, don't do it. Don't oh, do I it. <laughs> no, I mean, I always say I pretend to be a farmer and I pretend to be a florist. Like, I have a tiny suburban backyard, and that is enough for me. And um, uh, at I, once or twice a year, I'll do f- weddings for friends, and I have found that that this level of anxiety and exhaustion has given me so much respect for the, you know, your, your profession. And, uh, if people think it's just fun and you're playing with flowers and it's so much work, mm-hmm. it's, a lot of it's work. psychically exhausting as well as physically exhausting. Yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. And so Steve, what do you have cooking on your horizon? I know you yeah. kind of did a little bit of a reorg with your management team and that sounds really yeah. impressive. So basically what I'm trying to do is create space. Um, I have a lot of dreams and hopes and things I want to work on that I've had for a long time, but there's never time. It's just been this like every year you get done with like the rat race of wedding season and then immediately you start working on everything for the following right, summer. Like right. there's no break. It's always overlapped um and so for me it's like i always yeah i just i, I never have time to stop and breathe and, and kind of just dream. do that thoughtful yeah. like, work of dreaming exactly right. so yeah. i have the dreams yeah. they haven't really changed i've been saying the same dreams for a long time i just haven't had the time to like work on them or even the space in my life to allow them to to come into my life right. so um I'm, I'm creating space this year creating space for my family creating space for yeah um to dream again and to like work on the dreams and make steps forward. I'm turning 40 in almost a year. Yeah. Uh, not as, I'm not quite as old as Nancy. Oh, uh, but well, you're both a lot younger than me. No. So. No, oh, we're almost 79 babies. I'm yeah. They were the year in the year. Yeah. Oh, he's giving you a hassle for being in the same age. Oh, you're bad. <laughs> but I'm going to do like 40 before 40 and I uh-huh. have 40 things I want to accomplish before I turn 40. Awesome. And, uh, I'm going to work on those and, I wish you a lot of luck. Thanks a lot. We'll I see. want to watch and see what happens. Yeah, I'm going to blog about it. That's cool. So okay, yeah. well, I I just I adore you both. Thank you so much Thank for you. just it's telling a little bit of yeah. yeah and thank you, you. and for just sharing you just as a glimpse of your lives and, and your business. I think it will encourage other people to just um, appreciate uh, the work that you do and the, the creativity that you bring to the to the industry, and and it's very inspiring. So thank, thank you, you both. Let's share some photos of your you and your work. Um, we'll have them at the show notes for this episode at DebraPrinzing.com. And um, of course, if you're not following Nancy and Steve, we'll have all those links to their social places too. So thanks. thanks all right, a lot. thank you. so much for joining me today. Please come back next week where you'll hear another amazing episode featuring the leading voices in our Slow Flowers community. I want to encourage you to visit slowflowerssummit.com to learn more about the amazing program, people and flowers you'll engage with next summer. The dates are July 1st and 2nd, 2019, and the summit will be held in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's not too early to save the date and secure your seat. Slow Flowers members receive special discount pricing and everyone receives $100 off with the early bird rate on sale now. We have a vital and vibrant community of flower farmers and floral designers who together define the Slow Flowers movement as our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry. The momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and I invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column on the right at deborahprinzing.com. 
The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 375,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. And thank you to our Slow Flowers podcast sponsors, including Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of passionate family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing bigger, better peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG, was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Mayesh Wholesale Florist, family-owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S., We're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at mayesh.com. Certified American Grown Flowers, the Certified American Grown Program and Label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit americangrownflowers.org and the Team Flower Conference, a professional floral event where flower lovers from all over the world gather for networking, learning, and celebration. It's a special time for the floral industry to come together, and whether you're a farmer, designer, wholesaler, or just love flowers, you're invited to attend as Team Flowers dreams big for the industry's future. Head to teamflower.org slash slowflowers to learn more about the 2019 conference in Waco, Texas. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Mm-hmm.